brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today is the last part of our mini-series and we are talking Wings, the Versus series. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. And as always, for this last mini series, uh, the Wings episode, I'm joined by Callum Mack. How are you, man? Um, I'm, I'm struggling a bit, Mitch. I'll be honest. I've been relentlessly um, picked on by my Celtics friends in, in the world, um, being a Miami Heat fan. And look, congrats to the Celtics, but. Look, I just I like to root against them. I don't like the Celtics. I'm not happy they're in the finals. I just want to put it out there. What? What? You don't like the Celtics? I like Jalen Brown. I do like Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, the rest of the team, I, I look. I don't. How really... can you not like Al Horford? Come on, man. He's the most likable guy in the NBA. Yeah, look, I don't dislike him. I'll say that. You just you dislike them. <laughs> the rest of the team. I don't like. like so, Al Horford is a vet. That's fair. So you're rooting for the the, the Warriors then. Oh, definitely. I'm, I want Steph to average 35 a game. That's what I'm hoping for. Jeez. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to disagree there because my Celtics, <laughs> we're coming. We're coming. Uh, by the time this episode airs, maybe I think game one should be in the book. So hopefully road dub on, on the, you know, game one of the, the finals. We'll see. Um, let's go through. Today we're talking NBA draft and we are talking uh, wings and we're comparing a few of these players at different points in the draft. If you haven't already, check out our episodes one and two, which we're going through the bigs and the guards and episode one where we went through the top five players in the draft a little bit more in detail. But talking about wings, we're going to break this down into two parts. I've got labeled here the lottery wings um, and you can disagree with that with if you um, if you do disagree Cal and, and maybe add someone into this list as well if you think that there's someone in this lottery um, group but I've got five players that I want to compare Keegan Murray Benedict Matherin Tari Eason Jeremy Sohan and AJ Griffin um, who how would you rank these players and um, give us a little bit of a <clears throat> Uh, backstory as to why before we get stuck into it. Okay, so so my my rank for these guys, I'll start from the top, is Keegan Murray at, at number one. Uh, then I have Benedict Matherin, number two, followed by Jeremy Sohan, number three. Then AJ Griffin. Yep. And finally, Tari Eason is how I round out this. Um, you, look, they, you could put them in a tier together. I think they're all around a pretty similar um, yep. level of player and, and prospect. Any anyone that you're like, yep, yeah, he's definitely here, and this guy's definitely there, um, in your opinion, or are they all like, are you are you close on a lot of them? 
I, I think it is somewhat open debate. I probably would have the Murray, Matherin, and Sohan probably slightly above uh, yep. the AJ Griffin and Eason. I'd be in a little bit cooler on them. I did originally um, have Eason ahead of both Griffin and Sohan, um, but he has um, slid on my list um, over the, the past few. I don't know, just you re-look at some guys and sometimes you do um, just move your big board slightly, which I have done in this instance. Yeah. But the one concern with Keegan Murray is is the age. I'll put it out there. Um, yep. He is closer to 22 than you would like. Yeah, he'll be 22 by the time the, the season starts next year. So Exactly. Um, um, so th- that is his one. And, and I can understand a team probably going against him. And, and if you want to swim, swing for the fences, it could make sense to go as a, a younger player like a Matherin um, so yeah. or, or a Sohan. So I, I have no complaints, really, if you were to do that. Um, I, I just think Keegan Murray is going to be really solid, though. Uh, he's a scorer. He can do everything. Uh, he, he's just a guy that can fit any kind of system. He's 6'8" measured well, um, can block shots, shoots a three at 38% in college, 23 and a half points. He can do it all. He was a late bloomer, yes, uh, but sometimes um, you can't quite knock a player because of that age hugely when when he is putting up some stats like he was. Yeah, I I mean, I I think of the two of us, I'm traditionally the the person who uh, takes You're a hater of older guys. You always have been. I I take the age a little bit more into account, you could say, or or maybe I'm a bit harsher on the guys who are older. Um, But I I do agree with you with this list here. I do have Keegan Murray at the top. Um, And and I'm pretty confident that it's going to stay that way. Um, I think on my big board, I've got him at number seven. He was at number six for a little while, but I have just recently moved Dustin Daniels ahead of him. But he's pretty comfortably a top seven player for me in this draft. I think that you're just going to get a good player. And with this kind of draft, there's a, there's a few question marks on a lot of these other guys. I don't really have any questions with him. Maybe age is the thing, and maybe the way he scores the ball is is another thing. But I don't think that's going to be his role. Like I don't think you're going to ask him to put up 20 points a game. Um, so you're not going to need him to be that post-scorer, which he kind of was in college. He's just going to be that you know, floor spacer, um, but versatile on defense, runs the floor, good transition player. You know, he'll throw a post move in there every now and again, but um, someone who's just a good, intelligent player that's going to be a, a, a decent starter for a lot of his career. So I'm pretty happy with him at the top. I do have Benedict Matherin, number two. I've got Tari Eason, number three, who was your last guy. Jeremy Sohan, four. And AJ Griffin has actually slid down to number five for me. Um, he's dropped in my on my board. Um, he is probably the person who, again, I'm most happy... I'm pretty confident to have him last. And then it's these middle three that I, I keep moving around. Um, so maybe let's start. We've both talked about Murray. Let's maybe talk about AJ Griffin. He was your okay. fourth in this in this sort of little wing rankings here. What are your what are your thoughts on him? And, and I guess do you share the concerns that I have for for AJ? Yes, yeah, I, I do. I have expressed it previously. Um, there are some red flags there, unfortunately. I do think in terms of floor. Um, ceiling, he, he's probably got the widest yeah, um, range just because he is really young. He's 18, turning 19 yeah. shortly, and, and he also um, shot lights out from three-point range. Like, well, when he had an open shot, it was it was a bucket, 48% yeah. um, in, in college, huge. Um, but the knocks are, like, the injury history is bad. The injury history is bad, and it, yeah. it seems to have affected his athleticism um, on the defense events specifically. He can create his own shot with some step backs and nifty things like that. 
Um, but in terms of the defense, I'm really, really quite worried. And I'm not too sure from what I've seen if he could actually be able to stay out there outside of this being a, a bit of a heat check guy. If, if these injuries are just, he's just coming back from it and, and he, he is young and he can get his body in shape and, and kind of get his knee better and get to um, that athleticism he had previously, then I do see th- this being a total win for a team if it works out that way. But because of the risk, I think the other guys are just more solid. Um, I, I'm too. I'm not too um, risk adverse um, in some instances, and in this instance, I've decided to rank him four. Yeah, I think I think for me, there's yeah, I do agree that he maybe has higher upside than some of these guys because there is that those flashes of shot creation um, that he has demonstrated. Maybe he was limited on a team that was good in college in Duke and sort of had played that back seat behind Paolo Boncaro. I think he was slow to start the season, coming back off some injuries. But I just uh, the, the the type of injuries he's had always gives me a bit of a pause. Um, you know, the patella. Um, dislocation, I think it was, or a displacement is is no joke. Like whenever you're messing around with that patella, it definitely affects your force production. Um, it definitely affects your ability to uh, be explosive, which obviously he did demonstrate in in high school, but hasn't since. Um, so we're seeing the evidence of that. And so when those two things are are there, it does me give me a pause concern and doesn't really fill me with confidence. It's going to be able to develop that back again. Um, and he's a good shooter and he's young, which is why I think he's still in this tier. But for me, I think you need to be more than just a shooter. You can't just be someone who, who can put up shots because there are a lot of players in the NBA that are good shooters um, that you know are sort of like your seventh, eighth, ninth man. Um, but if you can't be versatile and switchable on de- defense or you can't play make in some way or, or, or you know do something else of value, then you're limited in terms of how much you could impact winning. So for me, that's why he's down there. I value the defense and the switchability and some of the playmaking side of things of like a Jeremy Sohan and an Eason a bit higher than than AJ Griffin's shooting ability. Um, the only thing that gives me pause about Tari Eason is the fact that he is 21. He's the second oldest outside of Keegan Murray on this list. But this guy, I don't know. I, I really like me some Eason. He, he's he's becoming a my guy in this in this draft. I think he's got a higher potential than people are giving him credit for. He's, um, you know, could be a really good defender in the NBA. His steal and block rate are really really high. Um, you know, comparing him to you know players like um, Matisse Thybul, I like his comparison in terms of his steal and block rate percentages, uh, and the fact that he's doing that at six foot eight. Plus, he's putting up over 20 points a game, um, and he's got that athleticism. I just think there's a lot of potential there. He's obviously very right-hand dominant, and his percentages and efficiency isn't quite there yet, but uh, I kind of see him as maybe someone like... um, Sorry, I'm blanking right now. Who did the Warriors draft last year at pick seven? Kaminga. Yeah, Kaminga. I kind of see him as a bit of like a Kaminga sort of type, you know, someone who... That's high praise. I'm pretty high on Kaminga. Yeah, someone someone who the percentages maybe don't favor, but, you know, the athleticism, the defense there is there, and, and then that offensive upside might might happen. Um, you, you had Eason at five. What what gives you a bit more concern than I have for, for him? I know I'm probably higher than most on, on Tari. Yeah, in terms of, I guess, this tier... The age was one little factor. Yeah. Uh, Matherin being that year younger and Sohan being a bit younger. Again, I did factor in here. Um, and and I kind of see him as more being more that role player. Will be a great role player, I think. Like, can bring it defensively as well. So it could be a good glue guy on, on, on a great team. 
And the only reason I really put AJ Griffin above him was because of the ceiling. And, and, and if there's a team out there that gets a really clean medical on AJ, yeah, you can't really knock them for taking AJ above uh, Tari Eason. Uh, no, so that's really that. why I have him where he is. And, and I, I just think the younger guys in Matherin and so on, Matherin's just a better shooter and also just as athletic. Um, and and uh, I think he might be a little bit smaller, but similar size. Um, yep. Eason's probably got a quite bigger build on him at this point. Yep. Um, but but that being said, that's probably where I landed with him in, in this tier. Sohan as well, I just think defensively what he could be quite special. There are definitely some question marks there yep. um, that Tari Eason does have better offensive prowess for sure, but I just think he could be more special in Sohan, which could be a better piece on a contender. Before we go on to talk about Benedict Matherin, I just want to throw some stats your way. Tari Eason on a per 36 um, numbers. Get ready for, for some serious numbers here, Cal. Um, okay. 25 points a game, 9.7 rebounds, so 10 rebounds. Sure, okay, he only had one and a half assists. We'll, we'll ignore that. But, you know, 1.6 <laughs> blocks and 2.9 steals. Like, this man... Those are some numbers. Those are some numbers right there. And, um, you know, especially when we put our fantasy hats on and our dynasty hats, if this guy can get himself into a good situation where he has the opportunity to get some minutes early, I like me some Tari Eason in, in dynasty leagues. And I think, you know, maybe he goes 12 to the OKC Thunder, you know, and, you know, he, you can replace someone, uh, you know, he can be there, you know, they're four moving forward um, if they go with someone like a, a Chet Holmgren. I think that he is someone that can definitely make a lot of noise in, in Dynasty Leagues. But let's move on to that last guy that we haven't talked about. Oh, sorry, two guys we haven't talked about. I want to get your opinion on Jeremy Sohan. He ranked somewhat highly number three in that little list there for you, Cal. He did. He's moved up my board. He was originally... He seems um, to be rising in a lot of other a lot of other draft boards out there. Sohan and Easton have flipped to me. I, I did have Easton at three um, when we first yep. did our initial big board, but he has flipped just because, as I said, touched on before, he could be special on the defensive end. He can guard yeah. pretty much one through five, um, especially in, in small ball lineups. Uh, the one thing I, I am a bit worried if, if he can actually stay in the court in, let's say, a playoff series, and if he doesn't have some kind of offensive weapon yeah. and they just l- leave him with heaps and heaps of space, I am worried. Um, but that being said, it's, it's tough to compare to the Dremont Green because of his passing. Uh, Sohan does have good like IQ, I, I would yep. say as well. He can drive and kick quite nicely. So there is some potential there for him not to be completely a dud on offense. But that is my concern Yeah, with Sohan. But I do think it, he just has to get something going for him um, offensively. It is easier said than done. But if that can, can work, he could be like a Scotty Barnes kind of guy. And Scotty Barnes is awesome. Yeah, Scotty Barnes is awesome. I think he's obviously a much more uh, advanced offensive player than than a Jeremy uh, Sohan. But I, I do like him, and I, I think that he is someone that, if you told me that he's an all-star and he's um, you know a perennial all-defensive player, I wouldn't be totally shocked. If you told me that his offense was just so bad that he can't get on the court for longer than sort of 12 to 15 minutes, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? I, I think there's a wide range of outcomes. We said that AJ Griffin had a wide range of outcomes. I kind of feel similar to Sohan. I know that he's going to be a good defender. I'm pretty confident that he's going to be one of the best defenders in this draft, but whether or not he can be impactful enough on the other side of the court. Um, yeah, just just gives me a little bit of pause for concern. I think someone maybe like a... Um, 
Herb Jones of last year paves the way for a bit of success in that kind of respect if he can get himself to a team that can develop that side. So, you know, we talk about the Pelicans as one of those guys, those teams that develops the jump shot really well. They won't get a chance to draft him, but uh, Raptors or, or another team that is good at developing their young players, I think that that would be the best pathway for him to become a successful player. Um, the last player we're going to talk about here is Benedict Matherin. We both had him at number two. I think that's correct after Kiga Murray. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Benedict Mather and how close is he to the top guy versus the guys behind him? I actually really like Benedict Matherin. Um, I, I'm not going to complain if, if you decide to get him over your Murray. I, like I've, I'm pretty comfortable putting him. You, you could really flip those guys and I have no complaints. I think he's a super, super solid, great three point shot. Uh, looks really nice when I'll it goes talk about in. that in a second. Okay, we, we can, but and, and just like a great defender and really, really athletic. He fits today's NBA for, for your prototypical wing. I just think he's just going to be a great starter in this league with a good bit of upside with the athleticism. He could um, advance into something more, maybe something like a potentially like a Karis Levert um, offensively if, if it does go that way, but with a bit more defense. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, for me, I like Benedict Matherin. Don't get me wrong. I do think that I've got him second on my board, but I think he's maybe behind, so in other tiers, behind someone like a Johnny Davis and Dyson Daniels, behind a Jalen Duran for me. And then it's these wings that are all kind of clumped together, um, like uh, two through five in that same tier. I think the you said that he's a great three-point shooter. I don't know if he's a great three-point shooter. I think he's maybe a serviceable three-point shooter. But if you compare him to someone like you know, AJ Griffin, for example, or someone earlier that we discussed, like you know Chet Holmgren or you know Jabari Smith, I, I definitely don't think he's on their kind of level. He has the ability to. I think. I think he plays better in a fast-paced tempo. Like he's he's an athletic guy. He'll he's a bit of a heat check guy. But if the game starts to slow down, I do worry about his offense in like the half court. Um, and whether or not he'll be effective in, in a slower pace kind of game. Um, but what I do like the fact that he's 20 years old, he's super athletic, like you said, he's real bouncy, and he does have a little bit of like a pick-and-roll ball handler uh, scope to improve there, a bit of playmaking, a bit of self-creation ability that I don't think these other guys really do have. Um, so in terms of being the best scorer of this group, I can definitely see him having that highest upside of the, of the players that we've talked about. And so if you're looking for that, then I think that could be something that if it all comes together, I could definitely see him being the highest guy on this, in this group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it can be smart, the bank and the athleticism, especially when you do have signs like that. So if you can blow by your guy with a good bit of moves um, included, it could end up... That's um, a high ceiling, is I guess what I'm trying to say. There definitely could be a high ceiling there. Do you have a comp for, for Benedict Matherin, someone that you, you think he's... Well, what I mentioned before, of? I think it could be a slightly better defensive um, Karis Levert if the offense does kind of click because I will, I will say Karis Levert would 100% would have been an all-star that one year until he went down and Delangelo Russell kind of stole the Nets all-star from him because they were like a fourth or fifth seed. He, he was the leader of that team before he went down and they didn't quite get enough games in. Yeah. But he, he, he's a great player. He's put up 40 points in playoff games before Karis Levert. Yeah. It's just had some injuries. Unfortunately, that's really been quite as downfall. Yeah, I, I think that's not a bad comparison. Let's move on to the next group of wings. And this is where they all really start to clump together. There's a lot of guys here. And I think 
half of this draft is just wings. <laughs> well, at least half the first round are a bunch of wings. So we're going to go through about 10 guys here and, and feel, feel free again, Callum, to throw any of these guys uh, or anyone else into this tier as well. But going through a few guys here, we've got uh, Blake Wesley, Malachi Brennan, Usman Diang, Marjan Bochamp, Jalen Williams, Jaden Hardy, Bryce McGowan, Oshai Akbaji, uh, Kendall Brown, and Nikola Jovic. Lots of guys there. Um, how would you rank them? Let's go through them uh, just briefly at the moment, then we'll get stuck into them. Um, okay, so I, I will just touch that I did probably have a, a top tier of two in Agbaji, my number one, and Jiang, um, my yep. number two. I, I think there is a drop-off after okay. that, personally. Um, and, and you could flip a coin on both ways there. Agbaji, the older guy, Jiang, the younger prospect. If you want to swing for the fences, I probably would go Jiang myself. Um, so after that, I then go to McGowan, um, another kind of swing for the fences kind of guy, followed by Hardy, then Wesley, um, all very similar guys. Yep. Uh, and then Brennan, yep. followed by Kendall Brown, followed by Jalen Williams, then Yobu Camp, and then lastly, Nikola Jovic. Yeah, okay. We both agree on the last guy. <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots of variance in this, in this range. Um, I have Jovic last in this, in this ranking. So uh, at least we can agree on one thing here. But I, I, I was kind of expecting this. I think that this is, this, is a, this is a horses for courses kind of range of the draft. This is like the guys that you like, the guys that bring the things that, that you value uh, kind of range. So it is, it is tough. So for me, I've got in my, my top... <laughs> In saying that, these guys, except for maybe Jovic and Kendall Brown, and actually, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Bryce McGowan as well. I'll say those are my bottom three. The rest of them are all in a very similar tier. So I've got Malachi Brennan, Blake Wesley, Marjan Beauchamp, Usman Diang, Jalen Williams, Jaden Hardy, and Akshay Akbaji rounding out that tier. Um, I'm dropping a little bit on um, Akbaji. I know that he's your guy. Uh, I think we we mocked him to 10, I think, in our last mock draft. Um, not a move that I would have made, but I can definitely see it happening. I think he is um, higher on consensus than, than he, I am. He's a high floor, low ceiling yeah. kind of pick. I just... I think that there, there's there's some good potential in this range here. I do like a lot of the upside on some of these guys. Um, Malachi Brennan, I like his scoring upside, and he, he's someone who can play some decent defense. His shot making, uh, I think, is the highest level of all of these guys, and his ability to play that in-between game and, and stretch that out to three. There's a lot of really long wings here, um, really big wingspans, especially in players like Blake Wesley and Jalen Williams that I really do like. Um, and and then the defensive side of things, the athleticism of Marjan Beauchamp, all just had that kind of upside that I wanted. And I'm I'm betting on the fact that in two or three years' time, these guys are going to be better than Agbaji. Um, just the fact that he is 22, um, and, and they do provide similar things with maybe a bit more upside um, would be the reason I've got them there. Um, let's maybe go through them, maybe a bit quicker than these other guys. But talk to me about so you. Let's talk about Usman Diang. He was. You said he was a bit at the top there. Where do you? What do you think his actual ceiling is? Because he's a really tough guy to to peg down. Um, I can see him as a pretty good knockdown shooter from the perimeter and can also play make. I think he's too small, doesn't quite have the physical capabilities to really get in the paint and do a lot of damage there. Um, so that is the big weakness in his game from from my point of view. Mm. But that being said, he can drive and kick and and create 
um, open looks with his height and vision and also can shoot from three. Um, so so if, if I'm drafting him, I, I'm hoping I can kind of get, he can probably play the three or four. He will get bullied inside with some fours, um, but I would be hoping he puts on a bit of weight and, and just kind of, uh, gets a bit meaner, gets, gets a bit angrier in, yeah. in this game. Yeah, the, we we saw him obviously live when we when we watched him here in uh, Australia and Brisbane. We unfortunately couldn't go to the second game because COVID decided to you know, rear its head, and um, we were in lockdown at the time. But um, the the biggest thing that stood out to me was his lack of aggression and his conservativeness. Now, obviously, he's playing in a different country. He's um, you know a young kid playing on a professional team that's trying to win and in the early stage of the season, that's like their priority. And later in the season, maybe they allowed him to do more and then hence he's improved as the season went on. But I, I don't know what that, how that lends itself to becoming a star in the NBA, which is what people are saying that his upside is, that he's maybe like the highest upside of these guys. And I do agree on paper, but I don't know if I see that actually happening. Like I, I, when we see his like peak upside, I've heard people compare him to like Paul George or compare him to to these Brendan like Ingram, yeah, Ingram, heard. like all these like plan. really good wing players, and I just I I really just don't see it. I don't see that level of upside. I see him. I'm trying to think of a, a player comparison. Maybe someone like I don't know. Maybe like a Nicholas Batum back in the Portland days. You know, like a good starter, someone who's very versatile, like I said, play makes, shoots really well, but not someone who's going to be the sec- first or second best player in, in, in a playoff team. I just don't see that upside really, uh, in my opinion. Would you agree, or do you think he maybe is a bit higher than what I'm giving him credit for? Um, because he is so young, and, and as you touched on, he was playing in a professional um, Australian team, that, that could be a knock against him. So, and, and that's why he is getting drafted so high. The ceiling. He's six foot ten. He's long. He he's can big, really yeah. shoot on, yeah. uh, over a lot of guys. So it, it, if he gets some kind of post game where it's, he's got a bit of a Kevin Durant in him, or even like the Ingram where he can just Fade. post up fader, yeah, and it, it makes that consistent. That can be obviously quite lethal. So that's what you're banking on. Um, I, I just I do have the same concerns you have though. It's just that lack of um, kind of physicality and yeah. and maybe that potentially that motor. But I'm not going to have a huge knock against him. That's why he's getting drafted so high um, just yeah. because he was playing in, in such a, a league. Yeah. It's, it's tough to come into a new country at 19 on a, a team full of guys in their 28, 27 in their prime yeah. and just being like, give me the ball um, yeah. in yeah, your yeah. first year. So it, it, it's tough to do in college. You, they're all that young. It makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, if, if anything, really more guys need to come to Australia so we can watch them play because you get draft high, man. Look at this. Yeah. Lonzo Ball. Well, it, it two works out. Like, like, it's working you, out well. Yeah. If you think about like, you know, Lamella Ball and, and Josh Giddy, like they had a very similar, maybe Lamella Ball less so, but like Josh Giddy had that same kind of thing where he started not so great, but the second half of the season really stood up and he had that great finish to the NBL season. So Jiang's kind of following that similar kind of thing. And, and both the previous examples have turned out great, uh, probably higher than, than they were projected in their draft years. So, you know, Jiang does have that on his side. I just, I don't know, the, the, the aggression to me is standing out. But in saying that, he, I've got him in my inside my top 20. I would be very happy to take a swing on him if I was like a Houston Rockets at 18 or something like that. Uh, absolutely. But I do like a lot of these other guys. Let's talk about two guys um, who I think are quite similar in Malachi Brennan and Blake Wesley. I've got them one and two in this comp. Um, remind me, when, where did you have them in this range? 
Um, I did have Wesley and Brennan. Um, they were right next to each other. It was ranked five and six. Okay. Um, I really like these guys, both 19 years old, so still young as well. Um, I, I like the shot making of both of them and the, and the length and defensive ability. Um, Wesley has a bit more potentially like playmaking uh, ability, whereas Malachi probably has a bit more shot creation. Um, but I just think that they're both really solid players, and I can see both of them being starters in the NBA uh, on the right team and the right fit. Um, do you see that kind of upside for them? Um, I, I see Wesley as more of the creator. Um, on the offensive end Play can making. get you a bucket. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and and then Malachi being a bit more of a stable piece on, on defense, specifically I think he's got a good frame, can defend, um, maybe even one, twos and threes. Um, so if you're looking for that, that's pretty solid. And he can knock down threes quite consistently. Blake, yeah, you are potentially more of a spark plug off the bench, like a sixth man. Um, if he does blossom into a starting role, I do think he's he's got more of a scoring nature when it, when he gets it he does want to cut and and do some pretty crafty things he does need to work on his three point shooting which is a bit of a knock against him um so i the do think brennan yeah. does have that 3 and d title a bit more yep. um and and wesley does have more of that six man kind of pedigree yep. Yeah, I agree with that. What are you, what are your thoughts on someone like a Jalen Duran who is actually gathering a bit of buzz and rising up a few boards right now? He's risen up my board uh, a fair bit on the news that the fact that he's not 23 years old, he's actually only 21. And I think he measured an insane, um, uh, was it seven foot wingspan or, or at least like a 6'11 wingspan? Um, something really crazy. What are your thoughts on him as I look up his, his actual wingspan? Who, who are we touching on? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. Yeah, ah, and that's okay. the J L E N Williams. By the way, there. I know there's there's another Jalen Williams in this draft. Um, there's so many bloody Jalen's coming to the NBA at the moment. Um, as I find his wingspan. So, so you, you're telling me he was um, apparently 23 and yeah, now he's gone down it, to 21. Some, you you say it's the opposite. Some reason, some reason, some reason, everyone thought he was 23 years old, um, but it, <laughs> it, he was like, nah, guys, I'm, I'm only 21. And so now everyone's like, oh, shit, <laughs> let's put him up our draft board. And uh, yeah, so that's, um, that's something that's been really funny in the last uh, little while. But yeah, so he's, he's actually riven, risen up on my board up to uh, number... 19, so just sneaking inside the top 20 there behind Usman Diang. What, what are your thoughts on Jalen Williams in general? Um, yeah, that's quite interesting because he, he did put up, put up some pretty good stats in the season. Yeah. Uh, we're talking 18 points, four and a half rebounds, and, and four assists. Good play. About 50% yeah. field goal as well. So um, if you're looking at efficiency, he looks pretty solid for kind of like a bit of a probably shooting guard, um, but can create as well. That four assists is quite nice. Um, so I, I don't. Yeah, I thought pose him really starting on the draft board. 21 and 23 in age is quite a big difference. Big difference, yeah. I found his wingspan here. So he's he's um six foot five point seven five in shoes, six foot four and a half without shoes in height, and he's got a seven foot two wingspan. Seven foot okay. two wingspan for a six four and a half um guard. That's insane. Like that is <laughs> That is insane wingspan. It's like spider territory. We got Donovan Mitchell comparisons. Yeah, like we go back to like our Walker Kessler uh, um, comparison. He was seven foot four wingspan. He's only got two inches on on Jalen um, Williams, who's 
uh, a full six inches shorter than him. That's that's pretty crazy to me. I think that that's yeah. So I think he's measured really well, and and the fact that he has that playmaking ability and that shot creation ability, he's got a good mid range shot, and obviously the the wingspan helps his defense. So I, I actually really like him. The only fact he still is twenty one, so he still is on the the older side. Um, slides him a bit behind some of these other guys for me, but uh, he is someone that I would be very comfortable drafting. Um, and, and and comparing him to an Akbaji, I, I think I would um, like him over Akbaji as someone who can contribute right away, and then also maybe with a bit more upside. Let's talk. Let's touch on the two um, ignite guys in Marjan Bochamp and Jaden Hardy. What are your thoughts on both of those guys, and and who did you have first? Remind me. Um, so I had Hardy a uh, fair bit ahead. Okay. Of Bootcamp. Yeah, Bootcamp, Bochamp. Uh, someone tell us who's who's right with the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. I, I've watched so many of these videos. I can, the, I can never remember. Um, the, the, there's just too many vowels repetitively. Like, come on, we got yeah. five vowels in a row. Let's give it up a bit. Yeah, come on, man. Let's <laughs> let's help us out here. Um, why why Hardy? Why Hardy over Bochamp? Is it is it the upside? It is the upside. Yep. It is the upside of what he could become. He did put up about 18 points a game. Um, great ball handler. Um, just didn't shoot it too well. And and that's kind yeah. of one of the knocks. And he did have the ball a lot. You, maybe with a bit more space in the NBA, he does have the flashes of athleticism and shot creation there. Um, so it could click for him um, as opposed to your, your boot camp who does have the size and frame a bit more and suits more of that um, kind of three and D body. Is athletic as well. Got, you know, about 1.6 steals a game. But there is more of a, a project, I think, there in terms of uh, just getting a bit more of a knockdown reliable shot. Yeah, I, I, I can't really um, knock it too much. I think I'm just prioritizing the defense over the potential offense in Jaden Hardy and in, in sort of what I prefer. And I think that um, Jaden Hardy, I just I have my doubts about his ability to reach that upside. I do agree that he's got the higher upside than Bochamp, but I just don't know if I see it actually um, eventuating. Last guy I want to really touch on here, um, Bryce McGowan. I think we've got a big difference between your thoughts and my thoughts. I'm, I'm down on Bryce McGowan. Sell sell me him and, and why he should be. Was he like top three or four in, in your list? He, he was my third. He yeah, was my third right. selection here. Okay, he was my eighth in this in this range, so I think that's probably the biggest discrepancy. What what's your why are you in on on Bryce McGowan? He's got some flashes, man. I'll be honest; it, it's purely on upside. He is totally an upside pick. He's super skinny, really needs to put on some weight. Does take some stupid shots sometimes. I'll, I'll be the first person to say it. Didn't get many assists. Um, this is a bit of a bucket getter. But yeah. that being said, athleticism is there. Ball handling looks pretty special, and, and based off that criteria, he could be a bit of a two guard. Um, he's, he's got the size as well. He's a bit over six yeah, and a half, um, six foot five. Yeah. And he's got the, he's, he's got the length. We, yep. I know you love some long, some long wingspan. <laughs> I do. Yep. Yep. The um, wingspan so, so based is, on is that good. prowess that there is some potential. He's young and only 19 and a half as yeah. well. There is some upside, um, which is why I've got to be definitely as more of a project though, but I, I weirdly am attracted towards my, the Bryce McGowan. Yeah. This is my, uh, who did the Hornets draft last year? I'm blanking again. Um, the, the Hornets, they, they, they picked up two bigs in JT Thor awesome. and, um, and um, that other Texas big man. Hold on, I can't believe I'm drafting. Kai Jones. No, it was, there was a guard they drafted as well who, who everyone was, was hyping up. Far out, I'm blank. Oh, James Booknight. This is my Booknight. Oh, <laughs> Booknight. Yeah, it's true. They get Booknight yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> this this is my Booknight where everyone, I think, is is keen on this guy's upside. And I just, it's the, it's the, 
the shot selection. It's the Book Night no, was more polished. Yeah, uh, I actually that. prefer Book Night than than uh, McGowan. I think, <laughs> uh, which I don't know if if you've been listening for um, to us since last season, it probably says something. Uh, I just the the shot selection just does my head in with this guy. The no defense, <laughs> um, and and you're not going to come into the NBA, and he's not going to be the number one option. He's not going to be the number two option. So if that's your primary skill, I just. I need to see something else before I'm willing to draft you in sort of the mid first round. I'll, I'll take him in the late late first round. I think there's there's a, a really flat kind of um, range about that that point in the draft. But I've got him sort of like mid twenties on my big board, as opposed to some people I see him more in the teens, like you know late lottery. Even I've seen as high as. But there's too many concerns and the things that I don't want to see in a player drafting it at that point for me to, um, for t- to the, take the swing. Yeah, he may have the upside, but his upside is what, I don't know, Jamal Crawford or, or like a like a spark plug off the bench. I, I don't see him being a number two option on offense on, on a good team, really, um, which is with the deficiencies that he has, you'd want him to, to sort of see that, those heights. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, I think the best case scenario for him could be um, maybe a Zach Levine if everything no, goes completely right. He's which not, is what <laughs> he's not going to be Zach Levine. Are you oh. and take some stupid shots sometime. But when he first came in the league, you know, similar kind of height and length. Like he was real lanky at six and a half, um, six foot um, five. It's just obviously doesn't have the, quite the hops. I mean, Zach Levine was an absolute oh, tier of his own yeah. in terms of the, the hops there, but. Yeah. Finish your creation, uh, as I said, absolute ceiling would be uh, Zach Levine if it all works out for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't I'm know if I can see that. that will happen. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. There, there's this one. Uh, I can see the body report. type. Kind of, he looks like a Zach Levine. Like he, he yeah. he's got that lanky, he's, he's long the same arms. size and build. Yeah, the same. I can see the body type comparisons, but I think Zach Levine's offense is on a, another level. His shooting and outside shot, I think, is a as a, as a tier above someone like a McGowan, but. Um, that, that, that's my thoughts. I, I, to be honest, I actually wasn't super high on Zach Levine his first couple of years in the NBA, but he, he did prove me wrong to a certain degree um, with his maturation over in Chicago and, and, and that sort of side of things. So I guess it is just those kind of players that I uh, typically don't believe in it as much, but that's just the difference between you and I, I think. So that'll do he's it for us. He's got the length, man. He's got, yeah. he's got what you're after. He's got the length. He's got the length and he's still bad on defense. So that, <laughs> that that's, that's a red flag. I, I don't know if that's a negative or a positive, but that'll do it for us today, guys. Let us know what your rankings are for all these players uh, down below in the comments. Give this video a thumbs up um, and stay tuned for more draft content. We're going to have some more mock drafts coming up. Um, our My Guys uh, are coming as well. So stay tuned for that and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.